Um, I miss you so friggin' much. I have been <laughs> editing and listening to um, y'all. As of the time that you hear this, we're only going to have two more Thursday episodes left that were from pre-quarantine. Obviously, we'll keep doing um, proper episodes, but uh, (laughs) I'm listening (laughs) to us just in your kitchen, hanging out, and just like, Uh, oh, it's so nice. I want to see you and laugh with you. and I know. And have to reset when Sabine has diarrhea. (laughs) Yes. She's having a good day. She's having a good day today. Oh, what a good girl. But she really almost made me lose my mind when she was, she crapped just before oh my, my online show. I was just like, what? Well, of course that's what happened. Like, I couldn't. Of course it is. You know you know in um, the Truman Show where they're like lining people up and they're like, okay, now go and you go, like as if as if a stage manager was back there, right. like, all right, time, it's your moment to shine, kid, get in there. And this is your cue. Give them that content they've been craving. <laughs> Can you imagine if her entire existence was just to punk all of us? If if she indeed was the Dada esque. <laughs> Performing <laughs> art. Oh my god! <laughs> this whole time I've been living with it like a next level cat. Yes. We're gonna we're gonna put her in Art Basel next year. <laughs> so fucking lonely. Uh, uh, hey, praise report, Jen. Praise report. I'm so ready. Praise report. I finally. Finally got all the shit up off of the floor in my studio space in my office. Um, I'm so proud of myself. I did, however, while doing it, drop a bunch of shit behind something that I now have to move a bunch of things to get. God damn it. But it's okay. It's my own fault for setting things up like that. I don't always put myself in the position for success when it comes to home arrangement of furniture. Well, what the fuck ever, man. No, it's fine. It's fine. It's still not like the overhaul that I wanted, but I am not tripping over shit. And I'm not embarrassed to do some sort of webcast or take pictures in here now, which is really my main concern. Oh, right. Totally. As it increasingly becomes your active studio space as opposed to your workshop. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. My fuck, my fuck around spot. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta actually treat this. Also, unfortunately, I think I have lost a wig, which really oh, bums no. me out because it was my new favorite one. I don't know. I rarely ever take a wig off at a venue. I usually wear a wig home unless it's really big. But all my big wigs, ha ha, are present and accounted for. It's just a little one that was. It was like a little red bob, and um, it's gone. It didn't and fall behind furniture. Oh, that's a fair, that's fair. That's not likely, but I haven't given up hope. We'll see. It's possible. Good for you. Excellent praise received. (laughs) Yay, spirit fingers. (laughs) What's my praise report? Uh, oh, oh. No, wait. Uh, Wait, let me, let me, let me, let me dig here for a minute. I bet you got one. I bet you got a good one. Uh, I think I, I think I did talk about it a little bit. I can't remember, but I, I did my fucking audition. Yeah, oh, maybe we didn't. Maybe, maybe we just talked about getting up to that point. I did my audition, yes. and good. um, I feel like I need to read you all something because uh, whether you're a creative or not, and chances are you, 
you are. Um, but whether you are a creative or not, I feel like this messaging is incredibly important right now. Um, this is from a, a, a positivity psychologist named Alexis Rockley. Nice. Let me be clear. Those all over the place feelings you've been having, they are symptoms of stress, not personal failures of yours. Do you feel flaky and inconsistent? That's because your brain doesn't know what news to brace for next or what next month will hold. Tired easily? That's because your brain is burning your energy ten times faster than usual. Holy fuck. That one hit home. Wow. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Can't seem to focus? That's because your brain has temporarily shut down some functionality in your prefrontal cortex, the part that judges, uh, excuse me, the part that juggles complex tasks and planning due to such a stress response. Feeling creatively blocked? That's because your brain has temporarily diverted all its creativity, i.e. ability to solve novel problems, to how do I avoid dying while in a narrow, (gasps) slow-burn, fight-or-flight state. Oh. Accurate. Yup. Yup. Suddenly, don't give a fuck about future-based goals, projects, or dreams like you used to? That's because your brain knows being short-sighted is a safer way to cope right now. Oh my god, I'm gonna cry. Yeah, she's amazing. Amazing. Your plans, creativity, energy, focus, and motivation are all on a yo-yo right now because your brain believes that you need to be extremely adaptive. You will not be on this roller coaster forever. Be patient with your brain. Sincerely, a positive psychology certified coach and fellow human. Well, that's nice. Right? I'm going to Google how to become a positive psychology coach. Oh, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow. I, I, you know, we know all of this. We do. Right? We do. But mm-hmm. it is so, so validating and comforting to hear someone else who kind of knows what they're talking about. Talk about <sighs> it and frame it like that in a way where it's like, Oh, and I don't want to, I don't, this is going to sound mean. I'm like, I'm the normal one for feeling this way. I'm the normal one. Everybody else who's pretending like life is normal is in denial. Yeah. Yes, (laughs) they are. It makes me really mad. It makes me really mad. Do you know that I saw a post in my Instagram feed today that actually had the ad hashtag and I was like, why are you making people do this? Ugh, bah. I'm not even mad at the influencer. I'm more just disgusted with uh, the people who are trying to get their uh, their stuff through her. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It's entirely inappropriate. Completely. In these trying times. Yes. Yes. Now mm-hmm. more than ever. You know what would be incredibly appropriate? Um, hmm. I mean, just... Having having you wear something and tag them in the photo and use a caption that has absolutely nothing to do with that whatsoever. Although mm-hmm. now that I just said it, I'm not even sure that that's legal because technically you, you have, have to, to disclose. say that it's sponsored content. Yeah, right, right. But you don't have to necessarily use hashtag ad, I guess. 
But yeah, you have to, you have to. There, yeah, there has to, right. It could even be like a little byline at the end, like gifted by blah, blah, blah. But, yes. you know, just like, hey, brands, stop actually taking up content. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, but they're terrified too because are. sales are going down for everybody. I know it's tacky. Like I said, it's like when I went down to the World Trade Center um, when I could finally bring myself to go back down there. And there were people down there selling these like magazine style glossy books with like a timeline of what happened that day. Oh my God. Which I I mean, ultimately made me feel slightly violated. Yes. And thought it felt very tacky. However, um, people are always going to want that. Like they still were doing those Katrina tours. Oh my God. What? And you know what? I actually, I was in New Orleans after Katrina. I don't know why I told myself it was before before Katrina. I don't know why at all. It was a couple of years after Katrina. Um, and we, when we were there, I was horrified to see the buses because they actually were like, we're going to this. This is the ninth ward. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I just like, how do you live with yourself? That's the, and I might be being way too fucking judgy right now. I I, I feel like maybe I am, but but come on. <laughs> uh, well, one could argue that the Anne Frank house is the same thing. You know what I mean? Ugh. Like, it's a terrible. We, the way we overcome things is by somewhat experiencing tragedy, um, and that has. That Anne Frank House has nothing to do with sponsored content on Instagram. <laughs> I realize right. that I have. Well, I think I what about it myself into a very noble hole. I, I have been there, and then it's real you, hard you to been. extract yourself. Yeah, 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 from, yeah. <laughs> from my, from my noble hole. <laughs> <gasps> it's hard for me to extract myself from my noble if hole. If you like, so we I can just dig the fuck in, my friends. <laughs> I, I dig those heels in, insist on being right. I'm into it. Right on. Oh, my God. Oh, um, I wanted to tell you, I actually don't care if we have a theme for today. I'm happy to That's just, fine. like, just, uh, just, just jam. Have a chat. Just jam. Jam a ram a ding dong. Um, uh, I wanted to tell you, I talked to you a little bit, but I didn't tell you, tell you about I Mom So Hard. That thing that I just saw yes, on Amazon Prime. Um, so, Something which I was only very, very distantly aware of before you started texting me. Well, I had never heard of it. I just, it didn't even say two moms in the blurb that I read. It was like best friends doing two-person stand-up. And I was like, well, shit, you don't see that a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Um and I adore you, and we're funny, so I was immediately like, well, I want to know more about this. We will be at the Bell House in Brooklyn in 2023. <laughs> 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 I cannot find both of their names. Why the fuck? Okay, here we go. Bios. Aha. Because everywhere I was only seeing Jen Smedley, but there's two of them. It's Kristen Hensley and Jen Smedley. Um, they have been performing, teaching, and writing comedy internationally for a combined 40-plus years. I, you guys may know this about me, don't give a shit about children. And even less do I generally give a shit about mom humor. Mm. Like, because it's so like, we're all in this together, oh, right, God. moms? 
And there is a hint of that, like, I got to drink a whole bottle of Chardonnay to make it through the evening in this. However, the delivery is much more clever. It is not lowest common denominator. Oh, huzzah. The, the women are fucking hysterical. The bit, they actually, they talk about mom bags. And I was saying that go out into the audience and collect people's purses <laughs> and brought them up on stage and just like started digging through them. One poor woman had like so eight good. super plus tampons in her bag. Oh no! Um, one woman had like three cans of wine and a whole dinner. A canned wine and a dinner. I fucking love it. Oh uh, my god, yes. Oh god, no, it was hysterical. And then at the end, they uh, were talking about post baby bodies. And they did something that I have never seen anyone do. Um, and they sort of did like puppetry of the penis, but with the rolls on their bellies. So they were like making them talk to each other. And the one girl had her nails painted black. So they looked like little eyeballs the way she was like squishing her crepey tummy. Oh, that's great. Uh-huh. It was so hilarious. It was so funny. Um, and then they ended with like a burlesque routine in multi layers of Spanx. Yes, it, it is great. They are brilliant. Mm. I I love them, and they're gorgeous and just great. Ugh. Delightful. <sighs> So anyway, this is our this is our story. plan for the after, except nothing to do with parenting whatsoever. <laughs> no, yeah, no. I feel like if um, I feel like if we just uh, sit on stage and we're funny, I think that people would look at us and think we were funny. <laughs> I but think that's that been, is accurate. Like, my whole life plan, I think. <laughs> I think that's accurate, and you know, I I mean, honestly, I do I do not infrequently think about what doing live shows how fun that might be, but I'm not certain of, uh, until you and I chatted yesterday, I wasn't really certain of the structure that they might take because like, unlike my favorite murder, it's not like we have literally millennia of stories to draw from. No, no. I think it might be more like two dope queens. Ooh, what are their live shows like? Um, they usually break, they usually have interviews, but it's people that they're buddies with. Oh, that's cool. So then they just, they all, like they do, they riff on their own stuff and then they bring people on stage and riff with them. That's cool. Um, and I think maybe they do sketches occasionally. That's fine. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's less about structure and more about just like hanging. Yes. Yes. That is rad. Yay. I'm so glad you like your lucky honeybee candle. I love your lucky honeybee candle. So, <laughs> um, so you guys, Lillian was like, I sent you a thing in the mail. And I was like, oh, is it more hair dye? And she's like, nope. And I was like, oh, is it a sex toy? And she's like, nope. <laughs> I'm like, oh, what is it? And she's like, you got to wait and see. And then just the other day, I got my beautiful Jersey tomato candle from the Lucky Honeybee. Um, the nicest, bestest surprise, short of an amazing, short of a magic wand. <laughs> yay! <laughs> um, yay! Thank you so much. You're the sweetest one. Yeah, it smells you're so, so good. welcome. It smells really nice. Um, I have her crisp apple. Which she only does in the fall, 
but I hoard them when she makes them. <laughs> That's actually, I think I might have mentioned, this is how, so I bought one from her at holiday time, and then I wound up not seeing her before the lockdown. Uh, and this a- this apple candle is how I realized that I, um, that I was sick because I couldn't smell it. Oh my God. <laughs> Look at how important a place it holds in your life. I know. It's very significant. It's almost gone now. It's literally it. it the, the canary in your coal mine. Oh, it really was. Mm-hmm. Or wait, am I the canary? <laughs> we, we don't know. But the coal mine is definitely your nose. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> right. Um, and the other thing I've been watching is Middle Ditch and Schwartz. Oh, <laughs> um, I've been doing a lot of cooking and we like to put comedy stuff on. Oh, shut up, Netflix. I didn't actually want to go watch it. Uh, when I'm cooking, I like something I can listen to because I'm not necessarily facing the television. Mm-hmm. Um, and Middleditch and Schwartz is, uh, um, I think, Thomas Middleditch, the guy from um, Silicon Valley. And Schwartz is, hang on. Ben he Schwartz, was on Parks maybe? And Rec. Ben maybe. Schwartz, yes, 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 yes. Okay. Sean Rolfio. Yeah. <laughs> I love that guy. <laughs> I only know him from that. He's spectacular. But- and then I know that everyone thought that basically he was Steve in Stranger Things because he looks oh. very similar to Joe Keery. Oh. Who is the actor Joe's, who actually plays I think Joe's a little cuter, but I absolutely see the resemblance. Oh, um, I'm the opposite. I think Ben's a little cuter. I think Ben is a, a limitlessly funnier, but... <laughs> <laughs> and that will always make me find someone more attractive. Uh, um, for real. <laughs> but they do these, like, hour-long two-person improv things in front of a giant live audience. And two-person improv is impossible. Possible, and they are brilliant. Ooh, yeah. We've only seen the very first one, which is called Parking Lot Wedding. Um, if you like improv at all, you'll love this. And even if you don't like improv, you might like this. I do like improv. I just hate improv culture, and I'm just I'm just such a grumpy fuck about For it. For sure, <laughs> yeah. Such a grumpy fuck about improv culture you should be that shit's annoying i mean i i think i should be (laughs) but you know i'm open to being wrong on this (laughs) i know i get it kind of i mean do you want to talk a little bit about improv culture well because i actually had some experience with ucb and stuff like that so i'm interested to like feel out what you're i'm definitely open to that i will i i i need to preface it by saying it's not entirely fair of me because it's not like i put in my time uh or years at, oh, I didn't either. At UCB because or I, the Pit or Groundlings I showed up or anything. And I was like, this seems like some hot bullshit and I'm going to go now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, the, the problem is that I was emerging, uh, I, I was emerging into my career in even the, the tiniest way right around the time that UCB stopped being just for weirdos. <laughs> yes. And before it was just for weirdos. 
And I feel like if I had gotten to it even a year or two prior to when I did, when I started there was a, looking. There was a tipping point. There sure was a tipping point. Right. And then it only got worse with time. So like the couple of uh-huh. years that I probably could have done it and had a little bit of a good time um, uh, w- without just, you know, like getting angry about <laughs> the commodification of something that was meant to be uh, counterculture. <laughs> yeah. Um. I, I didn't do it at that point because it was already becoming a little bit too um, like a marketing scheme versus a home for weirdos. Mm-hmm. I always wanted it to be a home for weirdos. And I know that it really kind of always was and it still always drew those people. And and, and almost everybody that I love and admire and adore has found UCB to be their home in some way. But it, to me, I felt like there you had to get around a lot of the brand new monetization bullshit um, yeah. in order to get there. And I didn't, I didn't want to pander to that at all. Sure. I also did not see, I think that when, so when I, I moved to New York in 2000 and I immediately found UCB probably through time out in New York. Mm. Um, and I was going to shows for ages before I took a class. Uh, and hilariously enough, me and my friend Randy took a class with UCB because we we hung it we had hung out for so long that we were like, oh, this is where the straight boys are. Oh, <laughs> it sure is. It sure oh, is. It's so 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 heterosexual. So another um, wonderful reason to stay away from. It's, I mean, that might have been when I first started realizing that I was overwhelmed by, um, uh, not even toxic masculinity, just like, just like, just like, uh, sausage fest masculinity. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I mean. Yes. I don't, I do not trust a bunch of straight men in a room and if they're straight white men, Mm -hmm. which if you've seen improv, that's usually what it is. Mm -hmm. Um, then I'm I'm like, oh, somebody's oh. gonna somebody's somebody's gonna like nudge nudge wink wink at me any second and I'm gonna have to play along with it. And they're very and white guys it. who are very into themselves. So yes. And so, think they're very funny. And you know what? Uh, they I, might be very funny. But if you're a person who is really into yourself and loves thinking you're very funny, mm. <laughs> you know what <laughs> makes me think of? There's a line in um there's a line in Fight Club where um, the one guy was like, uh, wow, wow, really clever. And he's like, how's that working out for you, being clever? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, and I do want to say this. I have a ton of friends who are improvisers. And I know lots of people who went through this, who, who, who had a great experience with UCB. And obviously, if anybody's been following Twitter, a shit ton of people who had terrible experiences mm-hmm. with UCB and other, I'm sure, other things and other improv circles everywhere uh, across the everywhere um but when i think of what where i would fit in i think of second city like when i was up here oh, i think yeah. there was maybe one plus size woman um on stage in any of the house teams uh for upright citizens brigade so by the time i was up here in 2000 it was still like very underground and still people smoking weed in the lighting booth, which I probably talked about before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and it, we felt fine going out to McManus 
the pub that everybody went to afterwards and talking to performers because they did, they weren't cool. Right. <laughs> right. Like everybody knew that you could maybe get scouted for, for SNL, but like it, it wasn't, that wasn't really why, maybe it was why people were doing it. There wasn't, it didn't seem as promising. <laughs> Yes. Right? Right. Exactly. And then when, exactly. then when people started getting plucked out of things, that's when it turned into a frantic scramble for stage time uh-huh. as I as I had witnessed all of that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I remember sitting down um, when it was like oversold, probably a fire hazard, sitting cross-legged <laughs> and seeing like, um, uh, I think Horatio Sands and... Um, Janine Garofalo was doing the monologue at ASCAT and I was just like, nice. what the shitting shit? Like I, <laughs> what is life? Was, I was so <laughs> close to her. What the fuck is her, New York? <laughs> I could see her wonderful weird pink lip gloss <laughs> gleaming in the terrible house lights. I was just like, oh, ah. <laughs> and that kind of feeling when I went back and tried to take classes later was just gone. Right. Gone. Yeah. Um, my friends at the magnet have said good things about that. Um, I really enjoy still seeing shows at the pit. Mm-hmm. Well, why don't we, um, was there ever anything else that you were like, I would like to be part of that, but I don't feel like I'll ever be part of that club. I feel like that might be a, Oh fuck. For me, that's almost everything. I, I feel know, like I'm an too. outsider virtually no matter where I go, what I do. Theater people aren't even my people. Oh, I was telling Don about that. He was like, oh, no. Isn't that, I mean, it's bizarre. And that's not to say that I don't have theater friends, but, like, theater people aren't even my people. I am, like, I don't know. I'm just off the fucking grid. <laughs> I'm off the grid. That's okay. And um, and I'm okay with that. Like, I'm used to it at this point. I know. I get it. Were you ever into Rocky Horror? A little bit. Okay. So, um... I had fr- and all and my theater friends were really really into Rocky, mm-hmm. and I wanted to support them. Um, and locally, we had one of the last organizations that would on Saturday nights do a midnight uh, screening with actors in front of the screen. Right. Oh, okay. So it was a live yeah. performance mm-hmm. in front of yeah, the, the movie. Sh- the shadow cast. The shadow yep. cast. Yes, we were what we apparently the it was like Allentown, and it was one of the final places where they were doing that. Um, and of course, there were normal shows and screenings all over all the time, but that was that was happening. And I had a couple of friends who were adamant Rocky shadow casters and had this group that they would get together and they would essentially swap off and and shadow cast the roles every single week. And they were like, you should totally do this. And I was like, "Uh." (laughs) (laughs) it's not really. That seems like a lot of work. (laughs) It's not my speed. I would rather sit home and make a shirt out of tinfoil wrappers. <laughs> yeah. Like I am that creative and I am that weird, but it just, it comes out differently. <laughs> do you feel like it's possibly an extrovert introvert thing? Or do you feel like it's maybe just like the, the wrong brand of weird? 
I think it's a little bit the wrong brand of weird, and I think it's a little bit that I'm just a rebel. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I'm Don't not, tell me what to like. I, yes! Yes. Especially especially when it gets too fandom-y. Yeah. I really don't... I don't have a fucking single fandom except Lush, you guys. <laughs> that, that's it. End of list. Um, that That's it. And so... So I I would go though once in a while I would go watch my friends do the shadow cast and that was fun and there was one night where uh, one of my dearest friends Tammy the one who I almost left in Toronto uh, Tammy was Tammy was almost always Janet as I recall uh, Tammy had me go with her and you know if you go as an audience member you still like dress up you dress oh yeah you dress up as whatever and so. I was fucking exhausted. It was my senior year. I was not sleeping at all. And I was like, oh, I'm going to do this with you. And uh, and I had this big red plush pea coat that was the shit. It was so great. Mm. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to be his fucking neck. And I sat down in the theater and I buttoned up the pea coat <gasps> above my head. Oh, yes. And... I fell asleep. (laughs) (laughs) And I slept through Rocky. And every once in a while, Timmy would elbow me. And she's like, wake up. And I'm like, look, his fucking neck. (laughs) Back to bed. Oh, my God. (laughs) That is hilarious. (laughs) I I do do feel... God damn, I do feel like every so often recently, the really cool, weird shit, obviously, in the before, um, was kind of happening past my current bedtime. Now, when I was a kid and when I moved up here, I was all about rolling home drunk at four o'clock in the morning and then sleeping until noon and then going finding a waffle somewhere. But like, oh, I had waffles today. They were so fucking good. Ooh, yeah. Ooh. I had real bacon this weekend, which... By the way, like apparently pork is, uh, there's plants shutting down everywhere. Oh. So meat is going to be in weird, like eggs are already really expensive in some places. Mm. Um, there were, uh, there were eggs at my local market, but they were like five or six bucks for a carton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. uh, the fancier eggs in my markets are like six bucks. Yeah, no, this was normal eggs. Normal Shit. styrofoam. Not even like the nice cardboard oh, box. Oh, our styrofoam yeah. is still like $2. That's, That's fucked. Nice. Yeah, it depends. I guess it depends on what you have uh, worked out with your supply chain. But um, wait, waffles, bacon. Things were too... Um, oh, think... it makes me think of... <laughs> yes. um, have you... It not... Will Smith movie with the zombies? Zombies? Yes, no? There's a Will Smith movie with the zombies, and he's like... Is it Legend? Is that Yes. The, the sad legend. one with the dog? I didn't watch that. Yes. I don't blame you. It is very sad. I didn't watch it specifically for the sad thing with the dog. That's fair. It's upsetting. <laughs> uh, I am Legend. Um, there's somebody... He, like, saves somebody's life and brings her back to his apartment, and he wakes up in the morning, and, like, what you as an audience member 
receive from the moment, he's like sniffing and he wakes up and you can hear the sizzling and you're like, oh, how nice. She's making him breakfast. And he's like, I was saving that bacon. (laughs) And I was like, now I understand because I'm going to save some bacon. Yes. I am now a bacon saver. I shit you not. Okay. I can't not talk about it. Guys, I know I've recommended The Last Man on Earth, and since I've recommended it, I have watched the entire four seasons two times through. Oh my god. Which makes my grand total three times watching all four seasons. This show is spectacular. It's, I mean, it's not quite relatable, not yet, but it's a little relatable, it just is. It's a, it's a little bit relatable. And there is an episode that I just watched the other night where um, essentially all there are like there are basically like seven people who have natural immunity to this virus that wipes everybody out in 2020. Sorry. <laughs> and um, and they're all wonderful. I mean, it's Will Forte and Kristen Schaal and um January Jones and Mel Rodriguez and uh, who am I missing? Oh, that lovely fox face lady who I love so much. Mary Steenburgen. Yes, that's the one. I love her. And another actress whose name is Cleopatra and I can't remember her last name and it's the only thing I know. I like her too. Hang on a second. Let me look it up. Go on. And Jason Sudeikis. And uh, I love Jason Sudeikis. And I love him delightful. in that show. Oh my God. His role in that show is so good. It's so good. He's so great. Anyway, the, these Coleman. seven people. Cleopatra Coleman. Thank you. Uh, these seven people are the only ones who have this natural immunity. And so they have survived for, uh, you know, the year or two that has followed the, the virus taking over. And, um, and Mel Rodriguez. Uh, plays a guy named Todd and they're living in Malibu and Todd starts acting really cagey and like going to this abandoned (laughs) house down the street and then Tandy played by Will Forte like notices he's acting a little weird so he follows him one day all right his stupid name is Tandy (laughs) and it becomes Tandy because they make him pick it when another guy who has his exact name that's right right so it was Phil Miller, and then they're like, well, we can't have you both be Phil Miller. Because the hot guy is Phil Miller. The hot guy gets to be Phil because he doesn't have a middle name, and they're like, Phil, what's your middle name? And he's like, Tandy. You're Tandy now. It's ridiculous. It's so great. I know the way I paint it sounds really grim, but the bottom line is it's kind of this it's kind of this grim world, relatable, but really, 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 really funny, funny, oh, funny, funny, funny. It is a romp, it's, for it's a sure. Romp. It's a fucking romp. It's joyful. It's delightful. Kristen Shaw. Kristen Shaw is so perfect, especially if you're a person who finds her misused a little bit. I mm-hmm. personally think that she is misused sometimes because people are like, oh, she's so weird. Let's make her, let's make her an evil weirdo. And okay, she's great evil. as Louise. Yes. Yes. Oh, I don't watch Bob's Burgers. Oh, she's great as Louise, and Louise is sort of like chaotic evil. Um, but she <sighs> also is a little bit evil on – no, she's quite evil on 30 Rock. And even though I didn't watch it, one could argue that she's got sort of an evil tint on Flay of the Concords because she's like obsessive. Oh, okay. That's no? fair. Yes, no? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going from unhinged. collective. Unhinged. Yeah, yeah. I'm going from collective unconscious here. Kristen Schaal in this role as Carol, I'm really going off on a limb here, but I'm fighting for her hard because she's, 
Carol is not unhinged at all. Carol is deeply organized and likes things the way that she likes them, but she's so whimsical and strange. And so you get to see Kristen Shaw be like the heart and soul of this show. Yeah, for sure. Um, And she does it so beautifully. And I'm like, oh, that's who she really is. Yeah. And she's a much more sympathetic character than Tandy. Oh, my God. (laughs) Enormously. So, yeah. So, Tandy follows Todd into this abandoned house. And he's like, what's going on in here? And, like, Todd's talking to things. So, Tandy's like, oh, my God. Is Todd hiding, like, a a secret Canadian family or whatever? (laughs) But he gets in and he finds out that that house somehow has power. And the thing that has power is a giant uh, chest freezer full of bacon. Oh, shit! Full of bacon. And the two of them consume (laughs) the last remaining bacon in the world and it is just (laughs) it's a miracle to behold and it's something that I can't quite relate to yet but Mm, uh you know maybe the things that I can relate to are like I remember watching this initially in 2015 and being like yeah but why do they really care about staying together and now I'm like oh you doy Jennifer if you're the final seven people on earth it's lonely yeah (laughs) it's lonely it's already lonely I mean my god yeah even if it even if your only option is Tandy for fuck's sake (laughs) you're gonna you're gonna keep Tandy close Mm-hmm. And you're going to lose your mind when you find bacon. Uh, yeah, yeah, for real, real. <laughs> for real. A million years ago, before all of this, and I'm not upset about the sidetrack at all, uh, I was going to say, like, the cool stuff that starts at, at 4 a.m. o'clock in the morning. Yeah, I was I thinking that I might want you to tell me that story again that you were texting me at the time of, like, you having to be in fucking Bayonne for a show at, like, 2 or 3 in the morning back in the early, early, early oh! days. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> All right. So this was not Bayonne, but I, I like I like where you're going with this. You like you the tilt of my cap? Yeah, I sure do. <laughs> Every cut of your jib. Um, so I was very new at, uh, at doing burlesque and I saw somebody post in a Facebook group that, um, Anya Keister, I will have, you know, oh my God. who, uh, ha- was gonna be donating. Typically the burlesque community is very big on getting paid. If you're taking your clothes off on stage, you should get paid and it shouldn't just be like, here's a handful of dollar bills. Or, like, work for your tips or whatever. It's, like, get get you your 50 60 to to $100 per act. Um, however, this was, like, eight, six, seven, eight years ago. So I was really still trying to get my footing. And it was in Newark. It was a fundraiser for an animal rescue. And it was in Newark at a goth club. <laughs> Which is a lovely place, by the way. And this is what happened this night. I do not want it to. I really like to sell the lost name my of venue, that club. Sure. No, no. When I lost my venue, the guy who runs this place reached out to me right away, and he was like, oh. "Do you want to start doing shows here?" And I was like, "It's not. Thank you. Yes, maybe, but it's. I have to fight this fight first, so I can't think about expanding into Newark when I'm trying to like tread water. Lockdown, Jersey. Yeah, but exactly. they they're lovely." 
there was a person who was organizing a fundraiser at this place who did not properly communicate what was going to happen that night. (laughs) What was going to happen that night is that I was supposed to show up at 7 o'clock and all of the talent was supposed to just hang out and fucking chill until she decided that the vibe was right for someone to go do something. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, that sounds like a slippery slope. (laughs) Oh, it's so slippery. Not even the good slippery. Like... Um, so I was there, I was probably, the doors opened at nine and stuff was supposed to start at 10. So I'm going to say that I was probably in my full costume because I thought it was going to be a show and then dancing after mm-hmm. with two DJs and one upstairs and one downstairs. No, that's, it was pop-ups throughout the whole night. I was in my whole ass corsity costume by like 9.45. Don and some other people showed up at like, let's say 10.15, but realistically probably earlier because they're early people Mm -hmm. we sat at the bar and hung out and watched the dark crystal two times through before i even was close to going hold on where was the dark crystal playing it was playing at the bar at the goth club (laughs) new details jen keep up Naturally, of course it was. Of course, well, it was. but of course. But I had some really great. There were really great performers there that night. Um, if yeah, I didn't go on until two o'clock in the morning. Is the oh end of that my story? God, when After, did they even start performances? Was it like around two? Were they like, yeah, oh, yeah, the vibes no, right? They let's go. Started probably around midnight. Oh, barf. That's yeah, and too again, long. if anyone had just said this is how it's going to be. I would have planned for that. I didn't need to be there at seven o'clock to eat. They were like, we have free pizza. And I was like, I don't, I don't want your free pizza. I want to make different decisions about what I eat before. Oh. Um, Did everybody they stay? still do, do, there was a bunch of people there. Oh my yeah, God. Yeah, it was good. They raised a bunch of money. And I really like that. I really like that charity. Again, I really like the bar. I think. The goth scene is not my scene, but I would definitely go there. Like, they play really, really good music, and it's a very chill, chill vibe. People have different opinions about Newark. I like Newark, and I like a lot of the things happening there, and I think it gets a bad rep, just like Jersey in general. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, yeah, that that 2 o'clock in the morning thing was oh, – I would, I would have – I would never let myself go through that again because I, I know myself better – and I know what questions to ask. And I know that I can say no if I'm donating a performance. Absolutely. And, and I get there and I'm like, ah. Oh. But I had created this act just for them. And it was a, to a swing version of Everybody Wants to Be a Cat from the Aristocats. Oh, cute. Thank you. It was very cute. Oh, of course it was. <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah. Um to that end. Um I mean so much of what I decide I have no interest in. Um <laughs> to that I decide I have no interest in things. Yep. <laughs> so much of that has to do with how late do you want me out around people? Sure. <laughs> and like look, I just I've always been this <laughs> Oh, I'd lo- and I, you know, people are like, "Oh, when did you get old?" I'm like, 
I've always been old. <laughs> I've literally always, <laughs> always been old. And like, which is not to say that I won't be up late with somebody that I absolutely adore. I used to be up until four in the morning hanging out with dear, dear, dear friends. But it's just like being with somebody. It's not about being right. at this club or this theater or this bar or a big group of people. Absolutely the fuck not shut it down. That is not my speed at all. Mm-hmm. Like, no. <laughs> no. Yeah. I and I'm I'm not I'm not a scene person really. I have always been kind of a FOMO person. That is absolutely where I'm like, I stay out at the bar or the party or whatever, much later than I actually want to be there and or have energy to expend. (laughs) Sure, just because you can't bear to not be there. Because something, because late at night, I, people, you'll hear people say regularly, like, nothing good happens after one o'clock in the morning. That's a lie. <laughs> I have some great stories after one o'clock in the morning. And I, I, I'm better about it now, but I used to be like, oh, cause now if I go into the city and it's super late, like when I used to do shows at um, Bazaar and Bushwick, Bushwick is just annoying enough to get home from. It's fair. Um, and stand up for me. That's that's why I never got into stand up. Like I I'm sure I mentioned a number of years Ooh. ago I did like a 5 minute set and an open mic and I what I came away from that was like I could do this if I wanted to mm-hmm. but I know what's involved and I just don't want to. That is exactly why I've never done stand up. And I did it again recently like within the past year and it was great. Like you know You've been on stage where people are laughing riotously at, at you and you're like that feeling behind your belly button where you're like, I'm alive. Ooh, I know that feeling. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And I definitely got that and it definitely made my nipples hard and then I <laughs> never did it again. And that whole crowd of people checks in with me sometimes. And they're like, you know, you have stage time if you ever want to. And I'm like, I don't though. I mean, I, I do. Uh, I yeah. want to want it, but I don't, I'm not hungry like that. Right, right. I mean, look, don't get me wrong. You and I, and, and I, think we can, I think we can say it reliably because you and I have done a lot for, for our, our oh, respective yeah. purposes. And I will work myself to the bone for what I actually want. Right. Uh, I'm a fucking workhorse. However, if I'm going to be in a position... <laughs> Where I'm doing something mostly for fun, it had better all be fun and easy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or anything where you're like, <coughs> excuse me, um, where it's even remotely a, fr- a favor for someone. Oh my really, God. I have to pick and choose that shit real careful because yep. I will get resentful really fast and it is nobody's fault but my own. <laughs> mm-hmm, right. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's a lesson that takes so, so, so long to learn. Oh, I think I might have learned it five years ago. Yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a late in life lesson, which is, you know, probably for the best because then once you learn it, it's like you you – you won't second guess it. Like it, it mm. will still always improve, but ah, it's hard one. Yep. Hard one. For sure. Yeah. Um, well, it's because we're told to be honest, at, not open, not honest. Oh, I God. mean, open. Sure. Open be and honest pleasing. if you want to be, but. 
and yeah and accepting like say yes to everything you never know where it will lead mm-hmm. yeah, yeah yeah and like you're not no small parts only small actors oh dumb fuck that double fuck that. barreled buddy <laughs> in the air like guess what there are some roles that i don't want to play there's some shit that is where i'm not like where i can absolutely be like i'm above that yep. and that's fine that's fine mm-hmm that's fine. The person who takes that role isn't a piece of shit. That's not what I'm saying. And I'm the saying, person who takes that role is someone who really does need that stepping stone. Right. It's the same thing as why you don't hire someone super overqualified for a normal desk job. Mm-hmm. Right? Like if you were the CEO and suddenly you're doing data entry, you're going to do a shit job at that job. Right. Probably. Right. Like maybe you won't. Maybe you'll be great. Maybe, maybe you're maybe a sociopath. Maybe. I All of these things. If you're a CEO, you're probably a sociopath. Sorry, right. CEOs. How many CEOs do we know? <laughs> I actually know some, and they are very, very sociopaths. You do? <laughs> I do. What I the do. fuck? I uh, Capricorning. I don't. I know. I don't. I don't hang out with them. But do you guys have like a special overachieving Capricorns club? <laughs> yes. No, we don't because I wouldn't want to go because it probably smells like balls and shoe leather and i don't want to be around all if you want you can hang out with me in the nostalgic cancers club i like that i'm into that that probably smells like electric youth oh Oh, it does to blow sideways through life for a second did you ever wear exclamation because i was trying to explain electric youth to don the other day and then other 80s perfumes started popping into my head i didn't wear it but i looked at it Youth, really? <laughs> I, I looked. I looked, at it. I looked at it constantly, not only in stores, just dreaming of like, oh, the kind of woman I would have to be in order to wear a perfume like that. But also because, despite the fact that my mom really did not buy into any beauty industry bullshit, um, uh, I had a friend whose mom was into makeup and uh and you know like doing her hair and perfumes and she had exclamation and I remember going to the bathroom and just like staring at that little bottle and being like oh my god it's a beautiful bottle it was a beautiful bottle the design at that point in time was really really exceptional exceptional and fun and it made me want all of that oh I'm I'm having a really hard time right now because what I want (laughs) What I want is a bottle of um, uh, skin musk. I want a bottle of exclamation perfume. And I want every bottle of the different flavors of Love's Baby Soft. (gasps) Oh, my God. I do like how they describe exclamation because this is not what it smells like. It smells like plastic. But (laughs) exclamation perfume by Coty. Launched in 1988. Coty was that one? Coty had the fucking corner on some shit oh they sure did they had wild musk but skin musk was my favorite Mm. um a warm spicy perfume sure to get you noticed bright and exciting it works as an invigorating daytime scent or a captivating fragrance for nights on the town for your nine-year-old child who's actually wearing it (laughs) um (laughs) for night on the town oh my god 
Uh, apricot, peach, bergamot, and green notes harmonious, harmoniously open the scent. Juicy and energizing, the fruits are brought back down to earth with a sugary green aroma, jasmine, lily of the valley, heliotrope, and orris root. I got to tell you, if you put your nose in this, you are not like, do I detect some orris root? <laughs> no, you are not going to think that at all. <laughs> However, do I kind of want to spend 10 bucks on it? Oh, fuck. Yeah, you fucking do. I kind of do. So, um, interestingly, my mom was not super into perfumes, but she uh, she had a bottle of something called EC, also by Cody, apparently, and it smelled amazing on her. Is it the letters EC, or is it spelled somehow? Or other? Uh, EC, like the French, I-C-I. Oh, oh, I've seen that. Uh-huh. Yeah. So EC came out in 95. It smelled so good on her. Uh, Fragrantica describes it, as, and 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 this is why it's surprising because to me, my mom is not really into gourmands, but this was definitely a. a it had a lot of gourmand going on. They call it, they describe it as a sharp, fruity, floral, oriental with sweet gourmand notes. It's a blend of citruses, exotic flowers, magnolia, mimosa, orchid, cocoa, sweet notes, amber, and musk. Ooh. Um, which was, like, a lot. Um, I'm guessing um, gourmand is, like, foodie. Is that right? Yeah, usually, like, vanillas and cocos and honeys. That's what oh. gourmand is. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's usually my jam. Yes, me too. Me too. Uh, gourmands are usually uh, pretty high up in my uh, in my wear, but my mom uh, my mom just wasn't so much of a gourmand person. So I'm surprised that that's what this was. But it smelled amazing on her, and definitely another bottle with like a little uh, a little pink hot pink jewel cap that looked like a ring pop. Um, mm. <laughs> and oh, I'm I, looking at it. Oh, yeah. that's so cute. Right? It looks like a an abstract. It looks like a melting jelly bean. Yes. Like. Yes. I, I want to put all of it in my mouth, and I know I should put none of it in my mouth. <laughs> but I know how you get. Ah. <laughs> Oral incorporative. That is the term. <laughs> I haven't had a new perfume in a really long time. For real? I've been, I've been wearing that American cream spray that I got that's from Lush. I've been wearing the... Um, Pansy Solid, which is Olive Branch. I have um, uh, Guerlain. Is that how we say? G-U-E-R? I think it's Guerlain. Okay. Guerlain. Yeah. So I have Le Instant Instant from Guerlain. (laughs) Um, And I have uh, Light Blue. Um, I have a little bit of Rain from a, I think it's Clean, maybe? It's a square bottle. All their stuff smells like shower fresh oh, yeah. or like fresh laundry or whatnot and um uh uh and a little bit of tresor left just a smidge i'm kind of i'm not phasing that out but i have to be in the right very nostalgic mood mm. oh yeah light blue i've never owned it but i always thought it smelled so pretty oh, like when i oh. smelled it on other people it was always the perfume that would make me go, Oop, I know that smell. What is that? Mm, yes. And nowadays that is um, Molecule One from Eccentric Ooh. Molecules. Ooh, I don't know that one. Uh, it You know it because it is the most, uh, like, it is the most clothes-removing cedar 
you will ever smell <gasps> in your life. I'm certain you have smelled it on people. I could Cedar. not. Cedar. Be- oh, it's so good. Wait, is that one of those bottles where it's just looks like a plain label? Hang on. Molecule one. Perfume. Do, do, do. I've seen that bottle. Yep, 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 yep. You have yep. seen that bottle. It smells so amazing. Oh, do you know what I miss? I miss going into Sephora and just smelling everything. Oh, I don't miss smelling everything there because I don't tend to like a lot of normal perfume house perfumes. But Mm. I do miss looking at everything. Mm. I really like looking at everything. And then smelling like two things. And mostly being mad that the entire place smells like Paris Hilton. Mm. (laughs) And Dracar Noir. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Um, I would say, I mean, my Lush perfume collection has to be about 70 bottles. Oh, no, I know. I know. Which, yeah, yeah, you you are, you have a fragrance library. I do. I do. And I'm never going to be the person who has one fragrance, even if I wanted to, even if I tried really hard. The problem is something is totally different to my nose within 48 hours. Oh, same. Yeah, and so, no, like, you know, it's not because I want to be a big fucking weirdo. It's, although I don't not want to be a Come big on. fucking weirdo. Come on. Um, it is because all of a sudden something that will have me uh, very, very happy is abhorrent um, soon after. And then I'll circle back to it in a week and it'll be fine. Yeah. Um, but I would say... I would say the two things that I recently got into, there are a couple of outliers. There are a couple. Um, There is a brand called Commodity Goods. Oh, yeah, yeah. Open and closed, right? And they're going to be opening again. I think you and I at least privately went through the whole rigmarole there. But they have a gourmand perfume called Gold that is exactly my shit it is so fucking beautiful it's great on me it is the essence of me but better no (laughs) like when i put it on i absolutely feel myself that's great uh, it is great in fact i will usually wear it before like meetings because i just kind of need to like embody myself very fully um and feel confident and sure of exactly who the fuck I am and what I bring. Mm-hmm. And so gold is almost always the match for, it's like my touchstone. And nice. everything else is sort of, everything else kind of feels like it's highlighting a part of me, you know? Mm-hmm. I also really, really like a very small perfume house called Smellbent. Ha <laughs> ha ha, yes. You've showed me some of their stuff. I love it. I love Smell Bent so much. Uh, they're they're ve- they're a very small operation out of LA. Uh, if you're interested in giving them a look, they are d- d- they're a delight. They are a small business. I buy a bunch of their stuff, and um, one thing that I have been wearing because of the indolic fuck punch that I have been craving is <laughs> their perfume called Prairie Nymph, which. <laughs> Uh, is carnation and honey, and the honey is really, really indolic. Oh, I love the honey. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Oh, quick question. Yeah. How long did it take for your hair dye stuff to come? 
Uh, less than a week, maybe. Because mine, the last thing I see was on May 1st, and it's like, uh, May 1st, some shit happened in Mira Loma, California, which is where it started, but it is the 4th now, and it doesn't have any other updates. Oh, but it is Monday, so May 1st was Friday, no? Yeah, all right, that makes sense. So maybe it was packaged, and today it's going to be shipped. Right. Right, exactly. You smart lady. Unlike my shine stuff, which is still... (laughs) What, in Taiwan? Uh, Probably. (laughs) Serves me right. Uh, I gotta go... uh, Pernil. Yeah, I gotta go go check my pork, if you know what I mean. Um, (laughs) I know what all of those mean. Check your pork before you wreck your pork. (laughs) Isn't that what the kids say? (laughs) What kids do you know? Thank God. What kids are you hanging out with? (laughs) Hello, fellow kids. Yeah. (laughs) This was super lovely. And it's just, this was like a traipsing ramble. And I enjoyed it. A traipsing ramble. That's cool, right? You guys are Mm -hmm. okay with that, right? We like it. (laughs) If it's, if you're not, then you know. You can just skip it. Turn things off. That's right. <sighs> All right. Well, until next time, I feel like we gave you more than enough recommendations. Oh yeah, plenty of yeah. recommendations for sure. Um, lots of things to watch and smell and spray on yourself and put in your hair. Mm. Right? Yay! I'm Yay. so excited that I cleaned all my shit up. I'm real excited. My office has been pretty damn clean, and that makes me feel uh, uh, less like garbage. Oh, initially, I also, I think I may have mentioned I had a, um, I had a paisley stencil that at one point in my life I had fancied myself stenciling, like, wallpaper all over the wall. <gasps> you had not mentioned that. This is brand new uh, Yes. So my walls are purple in here, and I bought, like, um, not a rose gold, but it's gold paint. Gold paint. But it's, like, a um, slightly cooler gold. It's not, like, brassy. And gotcha. uh, I stenciled exactly three of them on my wall and oh my I God. I like them so much and I want to do more and I'm probably not gonna but at least I did three oh, and I like cute. looking at them they are really nice I did a good job stenciling is not always easy by the way it looks easy it is not good job thank you I did I did things you did <laughs> things that's super cute would you take a picture and send it to me yes I sure will hooray you guys good take job. pictures of you and send them to us yeah, and stencil shit on your wall and take pictures of that and send it to us. Ah, this is the perfect time to paint on your wall. It is. Cool. <sighs> this was good. This has been Monday. This is Monday. This is Monday. Oh, uh, tomorrow's Cinco de Mayo. Is it? I mean, I is it? I chips. <laughs> I feel like I said that with such <laughs> raging confidence. <laughs> I have tortilla chips, and I have melty cashew cheddar, and I have uh, the salsa that I like. I've got to try this cashew cheddar so that I stop, like, saying when you when talk I say about it. I'm not just saying ew. <laughs> I'm actually retching. It's a real problem. that make me be like, what? <laughs> I got a, a real chill gag reflex, girl. <laughs> honestly I'm just saying <laughs> fellas <laughs> oh my 
my god, every once in a while, even though it's not lit, I will get a, I will get a whiff of the Jersey tomato candle, and I'm like, I know. It's yeah, there's a term for it when you can smell it when it's not lit, and the throw is what the scent is, mm. like how far away you can smell it. But there's a, a unlit candle throw term that I learned when I was working with Melissa. And hers is real, real good because I nice. cannot usually smell candles unless they're lit. And yet, not there's no headache making about it. It's just Mm-mm. nice. It's real nice. No. Oh, and let me just go ahead and shout out because I told you before we were recording, but I'm getting a tarot reading with um, Susanna Goyapek from Anti-Fragile Tarot. Really easy to look up. She can d- deliver mm-hmm. your stuff to you over email or she can do a chat thing, however you want to do it. Um, and she's a wonderful tarot card reader. Jen can attest to this as well. Mm-hmm. And just a marvelous fucking human being. And incidentally, right now, also an active ER nurse. So she's like, yeah, but she was excited to do this because she likes doing this. Because she's rad. She doesn't not like being a nurse. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I was worried that she wouldn't have time. And she was like, nope, it's actually cool right now. And I'm excited to do it. So. Oh, that's so awesome. Yay. Hooray! With all those recommendations. Hooray. I will talk to you sooner rather than later. You're the best fuck buddy. You're the best fuck buddy. <laughs> and we all love of all you fuck buddies at home. Such lovely fuck buddies. <laughs> Just the best fuck buddies. subscribe oh man yeah right that would be cool or whatever what i mean look you know what live your baby life guys live your baby life (laughs) 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 (